Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, joined by the chairman, the big fella. How you doing, Brett? I'm doing great, Brian. Good. I'm glad. Except, Brian, I think we're in a recession. Really? <laughs> we're going to get to that in a second. Okay. First, let's do a market check because this is not great. Year to date, right now, the S&P is down 16.5%, the NASDAQ down 26%, the bond index, the S&P bond index is down year to date 13%. Nowhere to hide right now in the market. And if you're in cash... Your purchasing power is down about eight, eight and a half percent. Eight eight and a half percent over the last year. Yep, yeah, with yeah. inflation. Yeah. So not the best news to start a podcast out, right? But it's reality, which is why it's important to bring it up. And this is the question we're getting from clients and that we're talking a lot about is whether we're in a recession or or not. Hey, and to understand whether we're in a recession, we're going to talk about a recession, what our belief is, and then how to manage money in a recession is what we're going to talk about today. Or if we're not in a recession. Or if we're not in a recession, yeah. <laughs> you can see where we're going. <laughs> so first off, the National Bureau of Economic Research is the one that says, boom, recession, it's official, or we're out. Right? They call it. It's their call. And it used to be that the definition was two consecutive quarters of decline in real GDP. They've ch updated that definition now. So that's not how they gauge a recession, although that may be how we do still <laughs> gauge a recession. Their definition is a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy lasting more than a few months Normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. It's a mouthful. Yeah. A slowdown in economic activity lasting more than a few months, right? That, that's their definition. So I'm going to throw some things at you that are some data points and, and some thoughts as to why I think we're in a recession. So GDP, by the way, is gross domestic product. Yes, good. So Gross domestic product. In fact, while you bring that up, quarter over quarter, down 1.4%. Okay. So there's one quarter. Okay. Gone the old definition. But I keep hearing from economists that ignore that last quarter, that the data was skewed. So, so anyway. <laughs> you're just, don't you're don't just, ignore these numbers that I'm going to share with you. Well, they, they, basically they're saying All that, right. that the GDP report last quarter – you know, there was some. It was bogus. There was some uh, unusual items that caused it to, to be down, but that would be, not normally be the case. But okay, who's, well, yeah. all I know is over the last twelve months, gas is up forty. Gasoline prices, the like the the pump price, is up forty seven percent over the last twelve months. Average, uh, average gallon of gas across the country four fifty nine. $4.59, and a historical high yeah. for this country. Natural gas over the next last 12 months up 164%. As a result of high energy, Walmart came out with earnings. Completely disappointed. Nobody's buying anything except for food, right? Excess inventories, stock got crushed. Now that's... No, their costs are going up. 
costs are going up. Right. And and did they pass that on to the consumer? I you know, that's that's the argument. But nonetheless, people are buying food really and not a whole lot of anything else. They're not able to really pass those costs on as fast as inflation is rising. They, yep. may, have, they may have raised risen prices, but their costs are going up faster than they're able to pass those costs on. So we look at Walmart and we say Walmart's a pretty good you know, a pretty good indicator, and maybe they didn't manage the high gas prices correctly. All right, so Target comes out today. That's a pretty sophisticated group of people over at Target. Mm-hmm. And same thing, same results. Now, if you take one as an anomaly, okay. You take two, I mean, people aren't spending the way they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Now, one of the things the MBR looks at is uh, is employment. And employment's very, very low. So that's the, maybe the one argument that, you, that, that somebody may have as to why we're not in a recession. However, these are all layoffs in the past two weeks. Netflix, Facebook, Wells Fargo gutting their mortgage department, um, Carvana, and way too many tech names to, to name. All with layoffs. You walk in the grocery store, and the mood is dim, right? You talk to people that are filling up their diesel trucks at the gas station, and they're mad, and everybody's, everybody's pulling back. I'm pulling back. My wife might not think so, but I am. <laughs> We're in a recession. We have to be. The mood in this country is terrible. What say you, Brian? <laughs> you're, it's uh, depressing. You're, you're depressing. I'm depressing? Yes, you are. We'll wait till we get on the other side of the conversation. Then we're going to talk about Okay. Well. I'm sorry so, if I depressed anybody. No, well, but it's reality. I, I think you have some real, real good points, and I don't actually disagree with any of them. And you may believe we're in a recession right now. I am not sure. I, I, I don't know. Um, we still have low, un, low unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the strengths. The other positive thing is, is consumers have really strong uh, balance sheets. They have more money than they've ever had right now. Their uh, their costs, their debt service payments or debt service costs are uh, historic lows. Um, so the consumer is not. Yes, they're they're everybody's facing higher costs, but the consumer is not is actually in pretty good shape. Corporations are in good shape. They during the last couple of years, co- corporations refinanced their debt at, with long-term debt at very low rates. So corporations are in good good shape. Banks are in good shape. Um, so yes, inflation is hurting, and yes, I believe we're seeing a slowdown. I absolutely believe that. I'm not convinced we're in a recession right now. We could be, but I wouldn't be surprised that. I wouldn't be completely surprised that, yes, we're in the beginnings of a recession right now. I doubt it, but I wouldn't, you know, I, th- I think there, the probabilities of recession, a slowdown in e- economic growth is, without a doubt, is rising, is going higher. Um, a lot of, a lot of you know, the Russian war, the, Ru- the Russian-Ukraine yeah. situation is, is another factor that uh, is hurting supply. And, and the and China lockdown. China lockdown, you know, uh, they're one of the biggest oil imp- exporters. 
also grain uh, in corn and wheat out of the Ukraine and Russia is also a very big product mm-hmm. that they export all over the world. So yes, there's a lot of problems right now. So so for people at home, why does this matter if we're in a recession? I mean, everybody's feeling the pinch, but why does it matter? And I think I think it matters because the market in my opinion is pricing in a recession. It's pricing in a slowdown. Um, Ukraine and China certainly have an impact on that, but when you get a Nasdaq that's down 30%, I mean, and, and the S&P down 20% intraday, that's bear market, but that's in my opinion, and you never know, right? But I think we're pricing in a recession. So as we pull out, this bear market becomes temporary, and then I think we're off to the races to new highs, new all-time highs. Okay. If we're not in a recession right now, and that comes in 22 or 23, you're potentially looking at another pullback in the S&P as that recession occurs. Okay. Now, that, that might be 10%, could be 20%, who knows? But I think that's, that's why it's important for us to understand where we are, even though we might not agree 100% as to exactly where we are. And ultimately, we don't even know. Yeah. Right? That's the hard part. See, I, and I look at it from a different angle, and, and I, I'm looking at interest rates, mm-hmm. which re- interest rates have gone just in the last six months from w- less than that, 1.5% to today about 3%. To me, that's one of the big reasons why we're seeing lower valuations is because interest rates are higher, and, be, and the reason they're higher is because inflation, because the Federal Reserve's raising raising interest rates, and, and that's got the financial markets and and there's been an adjustment in valuations because of these higher rates. If you think about, um, you know, if you think about people where pe- where people can put their money today, or say six months ago, they're putting it in a, in a short-term treasury bond at less than one percent. Today, they can get short-term treasury bond over two percent. So that's for conservative investors. They say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to take my money out of stocks yeah. and put it into a two two-year treasury, and I can get at least two percent." Now, is then that a, is that a great investment? No. no. Because we got inflation at eight and a half percent. Now you're yes, you're getting two percent, but you're still it's still not a very good investment, especially long term. So I'm not convinced that bonds are a better in fact I I, I would choose stocks over bonds hands down, hundred percent right now. May change in the future for both of us. But yeah, yeah. but uh the 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 math has changed the last four or five months, uh, with higher interest rates. Now, now on top of that, we have the potential risk of, inf- inf- uh, of a recession, and uh, and if if we are in a recession, or if corporate profits are going to go down, and so investors are going to say, hey, you know, profitability is going down, values go down, and that's that's going to cause stock prices to go down, and we're we're seeing that. So I think there's a, I do believe in recession as part of the the market correction, but I also think yeah. interest rates are playing a big part as yep, well. Yep, yep. And here's the good news, right? you got a market that's down 20%, 30% in the NASDAQ, 20% at its lows in the S&P. If one, of two thing, if one of two things happens in the next three, four months, it'll be very good news. If the war ends, great news. Market rallies. Mm-hmm. If China ends their lockdown and the, and the pressure on Xi Jinping is great right now, if they end their lockdown, great news. So either one of those could be 
really positive for the market, and you just don't know when they're going to happen. The other thing that could be positive for the market is as much as you're watching interest rates, I'm watching inflation, right? And inflation, the last CPI number, which measures inflation, ticked down a little bit, not a lot. And economists kind of argued about those numbers too, similar to the GDP you were telling me about. But if inflation ticks down, then people see the peak inflation, which settles down interest rates and – and the market has more uns- more certainty because the market hates uncertainty. And then we rebound from there. Okay. So those three things are what we need to look at. But, hey, regardless, here's the question. How do you invest during a recession? <laughs> and some people, you might be surprised, but we don't really change the way we invest during a recession or during good times, we, we really don't, we don't have a different strategy. Um, and, uh, my investment philosophy and the way I've managed money over the last 30 years has evolved. Um, how so? So back in the early days when I first read Warren Buffett and learned about his investment methodology and became really a what I would call a value investor, I was looking for more, investing in more traditional type value type stocks. Probably not what I would say the highest quality businesses, but good businesses trading at very attractive prices. Going through the dot-com dot boom and bust and then going through the financial crisis had a really big impact on the way that I manage money. And I liken it to uh, especially the financial crisis. When you own a, a good business, maybe not a world-class business, but you own a good business, and it looks like an attractive price, valuation is, looks attractive, but then you go through a difficult time, that business may look cheap on paper, but it can even get cheaper. <laughs> Those stocks are crushed. Yeah. We saw good businesses last year, the Shopify's, the Spotify's, right? Go to the moon, and they are—they're down seventy percent plus. Yeah, they're good businesses. They're cheap, but they've gotten cheaper seemingly every week. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, this Shopify—the valuation in my mind was pretty. I mean, insane. They've, yeah, it was insane. It, it was—it yeah. was a what I would call a high-value stock. Investors were putting the, you know huge valuation on a company that's still kind of in a speculative s- stage. Um, the companies that I invested in in, in probably the mid two thousands were good businesses. I wouldn't call them world class businesses. And today, because of that experience, I you know I really am looking for and to buy world class businesses that can go through any environment, good and bad, difficult. And I liken it to building a football team, and you have Tom Brady. You know, an all-time great Tom Brady at quarterback, and okay. you have um, whose contract is going to cost you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you may have to pay a high price for Tom Brady, yeah. and you, and you got Jerry Rice at wide receiver, who's going to cost you? Who's going to cost you? And you have, uh, um, you know, Gronkowski at you know tight end, or you know, I, I, yeah. I I'm I'm. No, I'm Anthony Munoz at left tackle. Yeah, Anthony Munoz <laughs> at left tackle. I mean, you're really looking for world class yeah. businesses like the Tom Brady's, the Anthony Munoz. And, that's what our and, portfolio looks like. I mean, that's that's what we're looking for. And so, yeah. yes, we we have paid um, 
higher higher prices for these great businesses, but in my mind, they are absolutely worth it. And especially going through a tough time like today, yeah. like we're going through right now with high inflation, you want businesses that have pricing power that are world class businesses, and those are the kind of businesses we own. Because because if you look at risk, right, and you're buying, you're signing Tom Brady to a contract and Jerry Rice, and you're filling your team with the best players, your risk at, you know, we, we define risk as the permanent loss of capital. Your risk goes down the better the company is. Right. And also if, you, if you're if you a long-term investor. Yes. So, for example, we could, you could make a mistake on the valuation of a, a great business. Maybe we overpaid a little bit for Tom Brady. You know, maybe, and that's that's possible. Maybe we did, but because the but if you own that business for a long time, you're going to still have good results. You yeah. will not, in my mind, the 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 probability of permanent loss of capital is very low if you own a great business over a long period of time. I've heard Munger talk about this, yep. this same concept of owning. If, for example, you buy a wonderful business that is growing its cash flows at say twenty percent a year. For the next 30 years, you own it for a long, long time, and you overpaid for that business starting out 30 years ago. That you will still probably get 20% annual returns on your money, even though you overpaid for it 20, 30 years prior, because the company is compounded and compounded. Yeah. And when you do that, you'll essentially get the same result as as the compounding of those cash flows. So I'm a big Yankees fan. They're in first place, yeah. in case you're wondering. <laughs> Best record in the majors. you got, you got to love it. Yeah. One of my favorite players is John Carlos Stanton. And four or five years ago, he was given the biggest contract in sports, in baseball. Not soccer, but baseball. People looked at it like they were nuts. Fast forward four or five years from now. Best value in sports. Right? Because the contracts and the price that people are paying for a similar payer player are through the roof might look like it's a little more expensive back then but now it looks like a pretty dang good deal he's a world-class athlete we want to buy world-class businesses yep. and the other thing that katie and i were talking about this this morning that i think people um i think some i, I know a lot of people recognize this but that what we're going through right now is temporary it's it's not going to last. I mean, it, we're gonna we're going through a difficult time where we're trying to get inflation under control, and we might we may or may not be in a recession. We may have a recession coming down the road. Yeah. <laughs> Brett says we are. I say I don't know. You know, yeah. possibly. But regardless, I believe that over the the stocks of what you when you buy a stock, you're buying the cash flow, the future cash flows of that business. That's what you're buying, and. On the S&P 500, over the long term, over the last 50 years, those cash flows have grown approximately about 7% a year. Ups and downs. No, they're not 7 They don't grow 7% every year, but the average That's has the been average. about 7% a year, which yeah. means that stocks are doubling. A, the, the rule is 72. Stocks are doubling about in value about every 10 years. So, yes, earnings could be down this year. They might be down next year. We may be going through recession. But if you're a long-term investor, five or ten years, those cash flows, 
we're, it'll be a blip, and we'll get back to that 7%, regardless of what we do in the next two or, uh, year or two in the S&P 500 as far as earnings. And stocks will, you know, stocks will approximately, and, you know, this is an estimate, but I'd say 10 years from now, stocks could be double what they are today. It 10 years. Be. Yeah, yeah. should be. Now, I'm not making that bet over the, I don't think that's going to happen in the next, but I think stocks will double over the next 10 years. That's the rule of 72, approximately. Now, there's other factors in play, interest rates and inflation and, you know, how that plays out. That will have an impact on valuations. But we have this, this, this train going down the track and it's not, you know, it's not stopping. It's, it's, it will continue to grow. There'll be, there'll be some short stops and, but it's, it's compounding yeah. wealth over time. So, so real, real quick as we, as we wrap up, we've had the question again, what do we do in a recession? And my answer to a lot of people is we're doing the exact same thing Warren Buffett is doing. We learn from the best. What? Tell me what Warren Buffett's doing right now. So at the end of 2021, uh, Berkshire Hathaway had a, and Warren Buffett had $149 billion in cash, basically short-term treasuries. He was rolling uh, three-month treasuries. He buys every Monday. He buys – he's one of the biggest buyers of U.S. treasuries in the, in the country. And uh, he was just rolling them, three-month treasuries. Essentially, it's, that's, that's a cash equivalent. Um, since then, he has invested probably fifty to sixty billion dollars of that hundred and forty-nine billion in uh, stocks. He's bought Apple. He's bought Occidental Petroleum. He's bought a big chunk of Chevron. So he is putting money to work. Why is he doing that? Stock prices are down. He's buying That's his right. own stock, by the way. And and then he's buying also he's buying back Berkshire stock. Yep. And he has said that he will not buy Berkshire stock unless he thinks it's undervalued. Well, obviously he does. Yep. And so he is putting money to work. And, and it makes total sense. If you have money in cash and you got inflation of 8% or even if it's 4%, you know, I don't know. But either way, it's, destroy, it's, it's robbing your purchasing power by sitting in cash. The only way to fight off inflation over the long term is to own a good business, own good real estate, on an income-producing, you know, asset. That's the only way you're going to offset inflation. Sitting in cash, crypto, whatever. That's down 60-plus percent. Yeah. The speculation is is coming out on that. Yep, yeah. yep. which we've been talking about for a while. Right. Um, the one thing, I'll, I'll just say this as we wrap up, the one thing that we have done during this environment is we've adjusted the valuations on the stocks that are in our portfolio, right? So we're not... We're not just sitting on our hands and doing nothing, but we are reevaluating the companies that we own to understand what is the best price that we can buy these. The math has changed. Yes. The, one, of the, one of the big impacts on valuation is the risk-free rate of return. The, risk, the, the benchmark for that, we've talked about it before, is the 10-year treasury. The cost of money has gone up, basically doubled in price over the last few months, and so, yes, valuations have come down. We still have a lot of green in our portfolio, even with lower valuations. So we think there's some you know, attractive yep. investments looking out long term. Um, so, yes, we've made adjustments. Yep. And if anybody has any cash, and we'll continue to, to say this, that they don't need over the next two years. I mean, the market's getting crushed. 
this is a great time to scoop up those world-class athletes, world-class companies mm-hmm. at pretty darn good prices. Now, we don't know that this is the bottom. We Obviously, we don't know no, that. No, we don't. We don't. But, um, you know, we Buffett always says if you find something attractive to do, regardless of what somebody says the market might do tomorrow or the next day or six months from now, you do it. If you find an attractive asset, an attractive business, and it makes sense long term, you do it and quit, and quit trying to predict what, what the market's going to do. And that's what Buffett's doing. He's putting a ton of work, ton of money to work recently, despite, you know, everybody's forecast the stocks are going lower. He bought his own stock at 322, was that right? Class B? I think that was the, about the highest, yeah, 322. Did he bought, it's about 310 now? Yeah, and it's lower yeah. today. Yeah. So he so didn't I, time it perfectly. I would, I would expect that he's buying stock right now. The problem that Berkshire has is nobody ever sells. So there's just not a lot of volume, stock volume, for him to pick up stock. But if if he could go out and buy $30 billion worth of stock, let's say there was a seller out there of $10 billion of stock, he would do it tomorrow. Yeah, he's got a nibble along the way. I believe he would do it tomorrow. And based on what he said in the last shareholder meeting, I think he would do it. All right, my friend. My, Let's go, let's go get some recession lunch where let's our sandwich is doubled in price. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> some inflated lunch, should we? I hope that helps understand where we are and where where we think we could be with the recession. But nonetheless, the process remains the same. Changes a little bit, but remains the same. With that, my friends, enjoy the week. Thanks. Bye. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888 5910334.